This podcast is intended for adults 18 years and older. It contains explicit language and sexual situations. All thoughts and opinions expressed are of our own and not of those of any specific group, employer, or individual, and is not intended to take as professional advice. Welcome to the Foreplay Podcast. Join the journey, experiences, and sexual adventures of two high school sweethearts navigating through the swinging lifestyle as millennials. Come along for the ride. Dare to play. Today we have on our podcast special guests with us. We have Emma and Finn from Normalizing Non-Monogamy Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being on the show with us. We actually were on their show a while ago, I think yeah. like over a year ago now. So we go kind of far back and we're so excited to have you guys on here now. Yeah, we're super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you for being here. I wish we were we're doing this like over the internet right now. We can see each other, but I wish we could like see each other in person. We still haven't been able to connect in person in person yet, but one day we will. I know in person is so much better, right? But at least we have the virtual option. Yes, definitely. Um, So Emma and Finn were in the swinging lifestyle and they have navigated more into the polyamory route for our listeners who have been listening to her for a while jason and i are in the swinging lifestyle so we're not as versed in like the polyamory um verbiage dialect yes yeah. <laughs> wording however you want to say it yeah. and so we apologize if we say anything incorrectly here uh during this podcast while we're talking about this and but that's why we have emma and finn on here so we can learn more and um learn about their journey and learn about how there's been that shift there and how that's been working for them well, we apologize as well because we mess up all the time, and and we're we're constantly learning and and catching up on the things to say and the things not to say, and so our we're, we're going to extend that disclaimer to us as well that that we may also say things that are not quite right, but you can send those corrections to Bell and Jace. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> we're all we're all learning and growing together, and we're definitely not experts, but we do have some experience, so we can definitely share that. So our first question is, can you guys just tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into the lifestyle in general and that kind of backstory first? Yeah. Sure. We can take you back oh, quite a while ago. So set, set your calendars back to 2007. Yes. Um, well, Finn and I got together in 2005, uh, and at the end of 2005, and then we, in 2007, at the beginning of 2007, so we were dating for just a little over a year, um, Finn came to me and said, you know, something along the lines of, I want to be with you, I want to be together, but I don't want to limit each other in our life, and what do you think about trying to explore some um we didn't have the language back then. So it it was, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but it was basically like, like explore with other people and see, see how that goes. And uh, I was hesitant at first for sure. Cause I was naive and didn't, I, you're young and trying to figure things out too, but it's st- kickstarted the journey for us way back when. Yeah. And since you don't remember exactly what I said, remember that I did say it with a really hot Australian accent because <laughs> we were in Australia at the time. And so I had perfected my, my fake accent. Yeah. 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 Right. Just clearing that We'll just that pretend up. about that. <laughs> that was generally the gist though. Yeah. was, I don't, I didn't want to limit her and I didn't, I also didn't want to be limited. I wanted us both to be able to explore who we are fully, but I, I also wanted to share that journey together. And so we kind of set off on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was, uh, how many years, 15 years, not quite of, uh, 13 years, I guess, of, um, exploring the swinging lifestyle, non-monogamy for us, but it was very casual and focused on friends with benefits. And that was always the goal was to find people that we were like really good friends with people that we could do the things that we loved doing in our day-to-day lives, but with people that we could then be open-minded with, have conversations with that were maybe a little more salacious or sexy. And we could, you know, go hiking and camping or paddle boarding and then get in the hot tub naked. And maybe there's massages or maybe, right. We could take it wherever it makes sense, but it doesn't have to. And we looked for that for a very long time. And we had a few connections where we've met some people that we would really consider close friends. And then what was nice about those is sort of the, the benefits portion sort of waxed and waned over the years. We would go through spurts where where everyone was, you know, vibing there and then maybe it wasn't and then maybe it was again. And so we we have tried a lot of different dynamics and experiences and just always been trying to figure out what works for both of us. 
I love that. Yeah. I feel like what you were explaining there is what we've also been kind of going towards, at least in the last like year or two, is really finding those friendships that we vibe with where it's vanilla. And if it happens to go that sexy way, it definitely can. But in general, you guys are always just able to be open and be like true to yourselves. And you yeah. don't have to feel like you have to hide or put any like part of your personality down, if that makes sense. Yeah, I also so, think it, I think it's cool too, those, those dynamics where I always feel like for us anyway, whenever you find that, if you have a night that turns into more that sexy night or you have a night that's totally vanilla, let's say, I feel like ne- one night's never better than the other. It's just a different thing. And so I think that that's, yeah. I know it's really cool. Yeah. So can you give us a little insight on how you moved from more of that swinging lifestyle dynamic into more of the polyamory lifestyle dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. We Well, maybe, let's see, for like, well, there was a pandemic in there, 2018 to <laughs> 2020, like we started having around that time, those couple of years, um, and maybe even before that a little bit, we started having conversations of what would it be like if if we started dating separately, if we um, went down more of a polyamorous road. And it was, I was very hesitant about that um, and very scared because I didn't know, didn't know what it would bring. And I didn't know if it was really what I wanted, but I was curious. And so very mixed emotions. And I often, um, we had a lot of conversations about it all. And we started, we did get on a dating app separately for a little bit in 2020, but it was 2020. So (laughs) um, (laughs) that that definitely impacted things. Um, So we didn't really, nothing much came from that. Do you have anything to add before? Yeah, I think, I think those conversations were, were primarily led, I think by, by me more so. And it was even coming again, almost full circle back to not wanting to limit each other. And primarily, I think a feeling for me that I was in some ways still limiting Emma just by nature of our dynamic where maybe she's a little more of a people pleaser or a lot more of a people pleaser or just coming to figure out what both of our true wants and needs are. And I was concerned that by doing so much of this to quote unquote together, where we would go on the same dates with a couple and we would have the same uh, maybe sexual experiences that she really wasn't getting truly what she wanted. And and I was maybe fearful of this, even if she hadn't explicitly said that. And so there was a part of my brain thinking, well, how about you go and have whatever experiences you truly want? And not that we don't, we that we can't ever have them together again, but I don't want to take that off the table. If you're like, well, I really wanted to go on this type of a date and do this type of a thing. And if I were like, yeah, that doesn't interest me at all, that she could still go and do that. And, and so being able to give ourselves a little more, uh, a little more room to explore and not be so afraid of, okay, well, what if you did have feelings? What if you want to meet up with that same person every week, right? What's the difference between that and a quote unquote relationship? And so just sort of cracking open some of these conversations. Yeah. And the 2019, 2020 timeframe was kind of where we, we started to flirt with that idea a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess in some ways fate happened in that uh, later in 2020, we started talking to a couple again, we had met a year before uh, and conversations led from one thing to the next and we ended up meeting up in person and the four-way chemistry was very uh, intense and the connection between me and the other um, guy and Finn and the other woman was very intense. Uh, And so that started down the path of actually creating and having separate relationships with other people, um, with both of them specifically. Yeah, I think we found that thing we were always looking for in the the commonalities and interests. We weren't expecting necessarily the intense emotional connection that came along with it. And I don't know that that happens every time. I would imagine you could meet people and share interests and not have a strong um, chemistry, we happened to have both. And it sort of took on a life of its own in some ways. Do you feel like now you still are also part of the swinging lifestyle too? Or do you feel like the way you guys 
do that is different now? Or do you not really do swinging activities anymore? Yeah, I would say no, we don't at the moment. And that's just, I guess, our choice of where we're at. Yeah, when we when we all came together, for one, there was a pandemic, we were deep in it. And, and so none of us really felt super comfortable doing that, exploring outside of that opening up the bubble, so to speak. But the other piece of it was, we were new to it. None of us had ever been in a polyamorous relationship. And they, they were non-monogamous before they met us. They had explored swinging in various ways. But none of us had done the feelings thing. And we were trying to establish some security. And so we actually kind of came together and made it a closed system. And we've been in various ways figuring out how to open pieces of that in different capacities at different speeds and different comfort levels. And so right now I would say, no, we haven't been swinging for actually really since like 2018 that we spent a year in South America and there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity there for us. <laughs> and so we haven't really done a whole lot in that, that, that realm for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a couple of little one-off experiences before the pandemic, but yeah. So the answer, the long answer to your short question is <laughs> no, we are not we're currently That was exploring. my first response, <laughs> but thanks for uh, expanding. Slightly. So do you feel like you, from like the people you met in, in the community in general, there's people that maybe started swinging and then they became polyamorous and lots of them still continue to swing or have you noticed people more tend to do their own thing kind of like you guys have, or is there any sort of normalcy in either one of those over the other uh both yeah is what we might answer i think a lot of people will continue swinging and or finding the more casual relationships among having deeper relationships and then other people won't as much they're more geared to just only having deeper like uh emotional connections with people so i'd say there's like in our experience are it's really person by person and what they're comfortable with. Would you agree? Yeah. And we've, we've talked to people who like interesting dynamics, right? Where let's say a couple decides to go down the polyamorous route and now perhaps they don't swing together, but one of them may swing with a different partner. We've, we've heard that as well. So we've, we've heard of polyamorous people swinging with their polyamorous partners. We've, we've, we've heard those people, you know, can go to sex parties and they, it's, it's just such a wide, I don't, I don't want to say free for all, but we've seen just about everything under the sun in, in our experiences talking to different people. And so I don't know that one is more common than the other. Um, I, I would say it is maybe some themes we have seen where when people go down the poly route for at least a spell, often they get a like the 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 hits of new relationship energy, the NRE mm-hmm. is pretty intense. And that often consumes people, at least in the first part of that experience. And so I don't think it's uncommon for the first month or few months for people to be pretty focused on that new relationship. And so maybe there's not as much of a draw to go swinging. Again, not a not a one size fits all. But I, I know that is something that we we have heard from people. I definitely see that because that's even just with a yeah, you quote unquote normal relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Even like you want to kind of have that foundation and make that connection first with your partner. That, that's what we did, you know, before we opened it up into this. So I think that that's really cool. I like how there's like so many different ways to go yeah. about it. And it also reminds me of swinging in a sense too, just in the fact of everyone kind of has their own rules and everyone finds what works for them and everyone just kind of respects that. If that's how your dynamic flows, yeah. that's your dynamic flows and it doesn't really matter what anyone else views it as. And I think that that's really cool. What are some of the big differences between the polyamory community and the swinging community? Yeah. (laughs) That's a big (laughs) It's interesting. (laughs) Well, because there, there is overlap. Mm -hmm. um, And it's hard, like, you know, labels are hard, but I, it's a, labels are our starting point for a conversation. So some of like looking at them separately, you know, swinging as we've kind of talked about alluded to like swinging is more informal um, connections and polyamorous relationships are more in depth in in depth. Uh, how what's another word? Um, 
Maybe deeper. Yeah, deeper Maybe more enmeshed or intertwined. Or they yeah. can be. They don't have to be. Yeah. So, like, keeping those two kind of, for lack of a better word, definitions in mind, like, there is overlap throughout the whole thing, too. I think there's so much ambiguity here. But it, some maybe high-level things that I've noticed often, and again, painting everybody with a broad stroke here, and this isn't to say, like, we may offend somebody who says, oh, that's not me, but... We, we often hear people in the swinging realm or when we were doing it was we don't get feelings. We don't do the emotional stuff. We're, you know, this is just fun. We are, we're in it for us, right? We are, if we're not making our relationship better, we're out, right? There's a lot of focus on the couple, the, the, the let's say the couple privilege, the, the unit of the couple, the typically the married couple. And in the polyamorous... And one more thing yeah. to add on that is that it's also swinging can be, not always, but can be more like sexual focused than, sure. than polyamory. Right. And I think on the flip side, when we start talking to people in the polyamorous community, there's a lot more emphasis on autonomy, individuality, doing a lot of self-work. The, the things that come up when you start when you move away from, hey, we're going to go and have a fun free-for-all evening and then we're going to compartmentalize that and we're going to go back to work on Monday and the weekend was fun, but it's not our day-to-day life versus, well, I'm now interacting with my partner on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and every single day here moving forward, you you start to get faced with a lot more of maybe things that you thought were you were really secure about and now they're pinging some jealousy or pinging some insecurity or you're having to really look inside and figure out what work do I need to do on me? What's coming up for me? And and often, at least in our case, right, you're doing that in a system where I don't I wouldn't just go to my partner and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with some stuff. So our relationship is off this week and I'll come back in a month and or in a week and, and we'll try again. Versus there were times where if we were having a, a shitty month, you know, relationally between us, and maybe we were supposed to meet some people for a dinner date, like we, we had canceled those in the past, we would say, hey, we're really struggling. I'm sorry, guys, we can't meet you. We give them enough notice so they can cancel their date with us and we're not ruining their week or their weekend. But for me, my belief was I, I don't, I can't just put this other person on hold because I'm struggling. Just like I wouldn't put Emma on hold because I'm struck. Well, hey, I'm having a tough one. You need to go away. We're not married today. Maybe we'll be married tomorrow. And that's not to say we can never take time for ourselves. But there's not really the on-off switch, I think, for me. And I got a little bit off track there. I apologize. <laughs> but okay. I, well, that's super interesting, yeah. Yeah, and I, the the other piece that was was there really was the that autonomy, that individuality, that, hey, Emma might want to go and have experiences that maybe I'm not even okay with, but that doesn't make it wrong for her to go do those as long as we can figure out a way that I can support that. And maybe I can't, but that doesn't mean she's wrong for doing it. And that doesn't mean she can't do it. And I think what we experienced more in the swinging world was we don't take one for the team, right? We hear that comment a lot. And that usually meant, well, I might be really attracted to Bella and perhaps Emma's not as attracted to Jace. And now this whole thing is out the window because of that. So Emma's not going to take one for the team. That means uh, Bella and I could never have an interaction. And we've we've had to really face a lot of that, that maybe she's going to do things that make me uncomfortable. Maybe I'm going to do things that make her uncomfortable. But those aren't necessarily no-goes. Those are areas for us to grow together and grow individually and figure out what we're doing. And we weren't, maybe other people were, but we weren't really necessarily approaching our swinging journey in that same way. Right. And I think just a comment on that is if you said the beginning of that was like, you know, swinging can be very couple centric. Mm -hmm. And I think with polyamory, it is tends to be more individualistic and more autonomy, but that doesn't mean that there can't still be couple focus and or like growth growth as a couple because you're you just it's just different it's just different growth because you're growing individually 
in both dynamics as well, but it can really impact the couple. It's just overall more autonomy in the relationship in general. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Have you noticed differences between the people of the communities of both communities, or do you find them to be pretty similar? I would say that I've noticed perhaps a more a more queer inclusive vibe in the polyamorous world. Yeah. I think what we often ran up against and and we've been hearing in some of our conversations that there are pockets where this is changing, but the dynamic was often women not only is it okay to be bisexual in swinging, yes, not only is it okay to be bisexual, but you you kind of have to be. It's almost expected in some ways. And on the flip side, for men, it's not okay. And you shouldn't be. And if you are, you need to probably hide that and hope nobody ever finds out. And we've heard people breaking some of these barriers down, but those were pretty, pretty cemented in the experiences we came up against. Mm -hmm. And we've seen in the polyamorous side a lot more, I think, some more of that individuality that I'm going to be me. Maybe I'm a bi male. Well, I don't have to hide that because that might ruin Emma's opportunity to be with somebody that she really likes or has a connection with. So me being me is not going to somehow inhibit her. But I think it's also the community itself is is more queer friendly, queer inclusive. Again, painting with a broad brushstroke there. <laughs> That's definitely something that we've still noticed, which is one of the biggest negatives of yeah. this community. I just or I, the swinging community. Oh yeah, 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 of the swinging community is I don't understand when our community is already, you know, stigmatized. It's already judged. How are there so many people who aren't able to accept other people's sexualities? Like, how can yeah. there be judgment in that way? And I, I, I see a shift. But it's surprising that that shift had to happen, that mm-hmm. it wasn't just already inclusive like that. Because that's, I was interested in what your answer was going to be, because that's what I've, I've noticed. I feel yeah. like there, it's it's more okay for everybody. And it, like, it is more, um, sorry, what was the word you said? Queer. Uh, queer inclusive, queer friendly. Yeah. Yes, queer yeah. inclusive, queer friendly, where that's how the swinging lifestyle should be. And if it was like that, I feel like. It'd be so much better. No, I, I just don't understand I, why it's not. I totally agree. Because I mean, I, I don't understand. I said, what you said about bi males. I don't understand like how we can be sexually open-minded people. And like you said, almost expect women to be bi, but then you don't want a man to be like, I don't understand. I don't know. just in general, how that works. And that's one of our things I think that frustrates me the most about swinging in general. So it's at least nice to hear that the poly community seems to be more open because i think as a general rule of sexually open people we need to be open to whatever sexualities are i don't understand why it's taking so long for swinging to catch up to that it's i don't know blows my mind yeah with the communities that overlap i would i hopefully like in the future in the near future like we can learn you know from each other Mm -hmm. in that in that way Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense to me but speaking about like differences again are there are there like poly parties because yes. there's swinger parties, but are there poly parties? Is that is there a difference there? Yeah, great question. Oh, can I can I wrap can I put a bow on that last topic really quick? Oh yeah, of course, yes, of yes. course. I just, I wanted to give a lot of credit to, frankly, any uh, any men or honestly non-binary people. I think that's the other non-binary trans people. Again, I think that's being part of the queer inclusive. But those who have stayed in or or stood up in the swinging world and not tolerated anymore and bend themselves exactly and and so i wanted to just point to an interview that we did episode 226 with another there are some podcasters and bloggers uh the monogamish marriage and liam in that episode talks about um bisexuality bisexuality and like the him having to figure out how to explore that and then like what happens once he actually does and the conversation is amazing. It's also a bit funny in the way he describes it. And so I just encourage anybody who's thinking maybe I'm a bi male or, and I don't feel accepted, have a listen to that. Cause there's some really amazing stuff that gets talked about in that episode. Mm-hmm. 
So I just wanted to throw that out. We'll link Parties. that below. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, link, yeah. It, we'll link it. We'll link it below because okay. we were with a monogamous marriage at Podcast Palooza yeah. oh, yeah? back mm. in June uh-huh. of this year of twenty. Well, not just this year, last year, twenty twenty two. And so they're such nice people. Yeah, we'll link yeah. your guys's episode yeah. for everybody to listen. Yeah, to definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's a great conversation. Yeah. So poly parties. Yes, just different. I think. <laughs> I think if I were to describe them, and and to be fair. Most of our poly journey, all of our poly journey has been in the pandemic. Yeah. And we've also moved cities a few times. So we haven't really found a great community. We're in the Bay Area now. And so there is more. And what we have seen, maybe what we've experienced is more. They're like dinner parties and everyone's just there talking and and being together. We've been to like poly potlucks with our friends and their metamors and partners and you know there's 15 kids and 10 adults and people and it's just you wouldn't know anything was quote unquote different about anybody there by being there by if you looked over the fence you would see just a whole bunch of adults talking and a whole bunch of kids playing and so that's been that experience mm-hmm. versus swinging I think to a lot of spaces slowly, I think are moving to more just sex positive parties. Mm -hmm. And that can be really an overlap where swinging and poly dynamics can both show up, like people exploring both can show up in those spaces. I think in general, moving towards those uh, sex positive parties and like just as a blanket term is, is really good because it's, it's much more inclusive to me. Yeah. And we've, We've met with a few of the organizers in the Bay Area who who host some of these parties and who go to a lot of them. And I think that is, I, there's a part of me that wonders, and we haven't been to any, but if if once you're there, it looks somewhat similar to like a house party, a swinging house party, maybe the people are a little bit, the, the connections are slightly different. But I think it is, there are still, there's still a desire and a craving for a space to be sexually liberated, even though you're polyamorous. And to go and have an evening of some sexy fun that's a little more casual, but I think they're happening in slightly different spaces than the, where two people showing up at a party with another couple and five other couples, and we're going to pair off as couples. And we're, I think the vibe is a lot different. We haven't been to one yet, but as best we can understand in, in some of the conversations we've had. This podcast is brought to you by us, Bella and Jace. If you're going on a vacation or maybe you have a gift that you want to give your other lifestyle friends and you're looking for lifestyle clothing, we have the best apparel on the market for you. We have not only clothing, bikinis, swimsuits, we have backpacks, tumblers, cups, anything that you can name, we probably have it. You can find that at foreplay.com shop. Let's say you're at a party, you're going on vacation, you know, things are moving a little bit slow. Maybe you want some conversation of maybe you want to move stuff towards play well we have the perfect game for you it's called for play the game it is a digital and physical lifestyle icebreaker game and you can find out all about it at foreplay.com slash games that's number four o-u-r-p-l-a-y.com slash games if you don't have a lifestyle vacation planned or resort or a cruise planned why not you can join us you can find that at foreplay.com slash playcation we have not only information about the events and trips that will be on this year but also other options for you as well and it doesn't cost any extra for you to book through our links but helps us a lot helps us continue to be able to make this type of content for you and lastly we do offer coaching now and so we do two-on-two relationship coaching for the lifestyle this can be for if you're completely new in the lifestyle not sure exactly where to start but wanting somebody to walk you through it or maybe you've been in the lifestyle for a while hitting a lull or you just need some advice we are there to help and you can find that at foreplay.com coaching now back to the show so you know how there are you know hotel takeovers and there are you know, resorts and these kinds of things for like, well, not really for the swinging lifestyle, but you know, life swinging lifestyle centric, right? Mm-hmm. Are there anything like that for the polyamorous community or is it more house parties and it's more, you know, like, I guess, low key in a way? Like if you know, then you know, if you know people, you get invited, that kind of thing versus like on a website where you can see, oh, this is happening. Like I can go to this club at this time. Mm-hmm. I think some of both. Yeah, um, yeah. One one thing I know that there are more of 
I would say, and I don't know that they're poly specific, but like conferences. So there's, right, there's like mm-hmm. Sex Down South, there's Atlanta Poly Weekend, there's uh, Southwest Love Fest, Poly Dallas Millennium. There's a whole bunch of sort of sex positive poly or open relationship or just non-monogamy, non-monogamy conferences. Yeah. And so I know those spaces exist. I also know like out here in the Bay Area, there's a group called the Bonobo Network. And that is an online community of north of a thousand people, but they also organize in-person events every month or every couple of months. And those are essentially sex parties. Some of them are kinky or kinkier focused. Some of them aren't. And I think there's a growing sort of growing space for that. So there are communities out there and parties out there. Uh, Maybe they're, a little harder to find. I don't particularly know. We, I think it's we're jaded because we get plugged into all of it, and so I don't know how hard they are to find. <laughs> yeah, because um, people email us, and that's the easiest way to find stuff is people just tell you things exist. But I know that's not everybody else's experience at this point because that wasn't ours for 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 fifteen years. No, that was not no. our experience. I think though, just a general comment too is that, you know, we're talking very much about like the differences and language around swinging versus polyamory. And I think there's a general movement slowly towards using just a term of non-monogamy in alternative relationship styles and like then people defining whatever that is for them. And so in these conferences and in these spaces, like that might just say like a a conference about non-monogamy, a conference about alternative relationships, like any of the above is welcome um, of whether you're more in the swinging lifestyle or whether you're more polyamorous or somewhere in between or both or whatever you're doing. Um, We're seeing that movement, um, which I think is a really like, it's a good direction for my opinion, because it's becoming more inclusive and more um, welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And, And one of the things that we have seen, especially having done as many of these conversations as we have is the, the divide is, are there some people who are like really far on the swinging side? Yes. And some people are really far on the polyamorous side and they would never touch swinging with a 10 foot pole. I, yes. I think in reality, the majority of people, the line is a lot blurrier. And so we've, you know, we've had interviews, right. Where somebody's like, well, my relationship is we're swingers, and but every week I go on a date with this person and I've been seeing the same person every week for the last two years. And then we talk to another couple and they say, well, we're polyamorous. And what that looks like for me is every week I go on a date with the same person and I've been seeing that same person for the last two years. And so they mm-hmm. essentially describe exactly the same dynamic. One person says they're swinging and the other person says they're polyamorous. And so it's really hard to to like draw a line in the sand and say you're one or the other people are just sort of doing it defining and, it and for then, themselves yeah defining it for themselves I which i think to, is great yeah. yeah and i'd love to see that shift where it's not like a swingers party like it's just yeah. like a sex positive just like an open party mm-hmm. from from that do you feel like people who are in the polyamorous community are afraid to go to swingers parties <laughs> I know it's because I feel like when we go to these things, like it's very rare that we we find people who are poly. Well, I mean, I don't know that people just don't mention that in yeah. like the conversation. In, like, I mean, it could be because mm-hmm. I've yeah. always, I guess, I've come from like the mindset. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's polyamorous people that are swingers, but I feel like there's less anyway swingers who are polyamorous. And because I, if you were yeah, a swinger that's so, polyamorous, then you would just be polyamorous. Exactly. But you, but yeah. for like, I guess for that example, um, maybe that's why even if there is people, they just haven't said it as much. And I don't like, I don't know. Because I mean, I feel like the, the swinging space is very non-judgmental as a general rule. But I don't know if people come in that would be poly, let's say more than swingers would be nervous because they would be nervous that someone would judge them for that. Or, or they would think that it would be only sexual and like no other type of connection yeah Yeah, it's a great question and i i mean i don't know that i have a particular answer i could i I could guess right from my own i know i would maybe be a little nervous and maybe i wouldn't at this point be nervous because i'm i'm okay being rejected by people who don't align with me this didn't used to be me i used to be more like well let me fit into your box because i don't want to be rejected 
And now, but I think the fear there would be if I say, well, we're polyamorous, they're going to go, oh, we don't do the feelings thing. And now we are, we're not like, we're not safe for them. They, ju- they just told us something yeah. that like, well, we found out something about each other. That's like not a good fit. Right. So right. it's, it's okay mm-hmm. for you to have sex with my partner, but it's not okay for you to have any feelings for them. And I think that maybe it would be, if I were to guess some of the fear in disclosing that in that environment. Do you feel like you ever felt that whenever you more were swinging that if you ever told like vanilla friends, did it feel like that similar in a sense where maybe you're like, if I tell these people this, they're going to judge me instead of just letting me be myself. Like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore because maybe you're trying to convert me Mm -hmm. or I want you to be what Mm -hmm. I am. Like, do you feel like there's any similarities between that? And could that be like part of that feeling of maybe people, not that you're trying to convert them, just having a conversation. Do you think that maybe that could cause fear in a sense of people afraid or maybe they're insecure in some sense and then worried about their partner or something? Yeah, I think that's a really good point uh, of what you like that kind of that parallel, because I could see it very much feeling like that um, from both perspectives, right? Like, you know, if someone someone may just have a like that agreement in their relationship that we're we're swinging and we're only doing sexual encounters and in like more informal encounters and that's what we're doing and so they might feel threatened by someone who is um who is more poly leaning and then a poly person might also feel threatened because they might not they might feel misunderstood um by like both both people or couples or whatever the dynamic is might misunderstand each other um in that in that dynamic which is like similar to what you said about like if you're swinging and wanting to tell a close friend that doesn't know and then they you're might, trying to recruit them they might interpret bed. it yeah. as like oh mm-hmm. they just want to sleep with me when that's really no i'm just trying to share this part of my life of who i am with you yeah but that's why i like the the whole conversation of just like the sex positivity because if you went in with that mindset of you are what you are i feel like people from that mind frame which i feel like we should should be right if we're all sexually open it's just oh, well, maybe that that dynamic isn't that way, isn't going to work, but that doesn't mean that we can't have a friendship or create value for each other in, in any capacity. Yeah. That's or or even have sex if, if, if everybody feels comfortable with it, right? And it's, yeah. I think it's that fear though that, oh, well, and again, these are words I'm putting in people's mouths and some that I've heard similar, but like, oh, well, if we do that, you're going to fall in love, right? I think that would be the fear, right? You're going to, oh, they're in it for the feelings. We're in it for the sex. We're not compatible. But I don't I don't think that that is quite true in my, my opinion. We've heard this term, actually, I've only heard it once before, progressive swinging. Mm-hmm. And so, so, oh, you guys have heard of it too. Wait, that's we've like heard that term too, like, yeah. Talked okay. about nor- so, I feel like whenever you say feelings, right, I feel like we really need a connection and we have to have like a feelings of like friendship connections and emotions with people for us to play with them for that to even be an option, right? But the where the difference is, I feel is just like that romantic feeling. And so would you say that that's like, you know, like on on the line with what you guys are talking about? Because every time you guys talk about like being polyamorous or having feelings or having emotion, I do feel like swingers, a majority of swingers do have to have some kind of connection before any kind of play happens. It's just not a romantic connection. So I guess I don't don't know what my question is with this, but just, I guess, like, how do you guys feel about that? Or does that make sense? Like, does that romantic aspect feel like one of the big differences to you between that mindset of swinging and, and poly? Yeah, I think I think what you what you just outlined, Bella, is exactly is exactly why I've we've sort of landed it like the line between the two is so blurry. Mm-hmm. Because I could what you could even sit we could spend the next two hours discussing what's romance, right? And so what does it mean to be romantic? And so right, if Bella goes out on a date and grabs a drink with a guy and then they go back to a hotel room is that swinging or is she dating him? And if she's dating him, is that polyamory or is that uh, swinging? Casual. More is it casual? casual fr- yeah. we, right. So how do Friends you. Friends with benefits. I think that's why everybody gets to sort of define it for themselves. But I, what you said is exactly right and was exactly the thing that we were often looking for is a connection. 
-hmm. It doesn't mean that we have to move in together and buy cars and a house together, but I need to feel some type of something with somebody before I'm comfortable getting into bed with them. We also didn't know that about ourselves for a very long time. And so we went through many experiences where we were, we find out we're both sort of like gritting and bearing through it because we thought the other person was interested or we thought that's what it was supposed to be like. And for some people, they can do that. We, we met a couple one time for brunch and they told us straight up, we'll never talk to you again. We'll never talk to you after this. Well, we call it sport fucking. So we will, we will go back to the hotel. We will have sex and you will never hear from us again. That's how we do this. And so there are people who are that far on that end of the spectrum. And we were more the like, yeah, but we'd love to like maybe get brunch again. Like this was nice. And so, right. So we. So we said, no, thank you. Yeah. So we, you know, that was later on in our journey of like, oh, well, we know we need something different than these people and we're okay passing. Yeah. But we did a lot of and that early on where we, we took one for the team for our, ourselves. We were both taking one for the team and we didn't know it. Right. We were learning. Yeah. And that's a cool thing about non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy is that there are so many different ways to go about it. And mm -hmm. like what one, how one person or how one couple does it isn't wrong as long as it works for you. Yeah. And so it, at least they were able to, you know, put that out there and be mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is how we work. And if, if yep. it's not a match, it's not a match. And I, I think that's respectful. In that yeah. Way. yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. that is your rules and that's your rules. And I mean, yep. it's, it's, I think it'd be bad if they did that and they're like, just go to do for i think that'd be rude but i feel like being upfront and saying it's like setting your boundaries and anything else like oh yeah. i play with protection hey mm -hmm. we this is what we That's, do yeah so yep. yeah we had no 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 negative feelings about it other than like not for us but hey like good for you too hope you hope you right. find hope you find some other athletes today like i don't know <laughs> they gotta go to europe right <laughs> <laughs> It is so casual in Europe. We, we found that out recently. We were like, whoa, this is very different than what we're used to. Even in like being in the swinging world, I feel like it was is very, even more so casual than right. we've, we've noticed. Yeah. Um, are there specific websites or apps to find other people who are polyamorous? There are. Yeah. I, I think what we're seeing too is there are some of the more mainstream dating apps are opening up options so we know yeah. like okay cupid is very inclusive of polyamorous and the, okay. another one is field f-e-e-l-d -E mm -hmm. yeah. yeah which is more of a blend of the two people some people on there are poly some people on there are swinging some people are just open the other one i would i would throw a plug in for is and it's growing it's fairly new it's called bloom and it's more based on community building and events but most, if not all of the events are, and it, it started here in the Bay Area, but it's expanding. It's in LA, Seattle, I think New York, moving south. So it's growing and expanding. But think of it as, and I don't know if they would like this analogy, but meetup meets like Tinder without all the sleaziness of Tinder. So it'll be, <laughs> hey, there's a, there's a, a polyamorous sunset hike on Friday at whatever, 6.30 p.m. And I can respond, I can RSVP for that. I can see who else is going. I can see their profiles. I might, you know, be able to, um, it's called budding, making friends. So it's more friendship based, but around sex positivity. So some of the events are polyamorous, some are kinky, some are like burlesque shows. It's, it's really just sex positive community and meeting people and, and, building up a network so it's i've found it to be a really great app and a, for me a better way to meet people meeting somebody around a shared interest rather than do you a look do you look the way i want you to look as i swipe on by yeah i love that that's cool that's yeah. a very cool idea yeah do you think that somebody who isn't so i would say that we wouldn't step into polyamory just in the way that we don't want to open up our relationship romantically kind of like what we were talking about earlier but so a couple like us going into something that's called a polyamorous meetup right would people who aren't necessarily polyamorous still be accepted in that space because it's sex positive or it, would there be some kind of I don't know expectation or I would my general response not having gone through that but my general response would be yes however 
if you're feeling, if someone's doing that and feeling intimidated for whatever reason, I would definitely reach out to the host and just like message them and say like, Hey, this is my situation. What do you, what are your feelings on this? Um, because that, to me, that would, they can tell you like, what is the vibe of this event? And, um, but in general, I would say yes. Yeah. I, I, I've been to like one of these hikes and I think like anything else, it's going to be so dependent on the person or people you end up talking to. Right. So you might go on the same hike and talk to somebody who, who says, well, Bella, why are you out here? Well, my husband and I have been swinging for the last, who knows, however many years, but I really just love meeting open-minded people. And so I wanted to come on this hike thinking that I might find some more of my people. And that person might be like, well, that's amazing. Let me tell you about myself. Let's talk more. And then there might you might tell that to somebody who's like, oh, you're a swinger. Okay, well, I'm here for, like, maybe they have their own agenda and it has nothing to do with you, right? It's their own agenda. They're there to meet the polyamorous life partner that they've always been seeking. And they mm-hmm. just heard you're a swinger and that is not the thing that they want. So they're there for their own reason. And it's it's hard to not take it personally. But it's often not about you. It's often about their own agenda. And so I think, I think in generally speaking, you would be accepted. And and most yeah most people like I remember on that hike, like I barely even talked about my relationship dynamics. We were just out a bunch of people hiking, talking, hearing about other people's lives. And so like some of that didn't even most of that didn't even matter. Um, Yeah. Very cool. We will link all of that below because yeah. I mean that's something we didn't even know about. Yeah. So hopefully they'll maybe maybe in Dallas or I mean mm-hmm. we travel quite a bit, so hopefully we'll be able to yeah. to go to one of those. So they're growing as quickly as they can. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. No, maybe that's, get that's in touch awesome, with them yeah. and maybe get some in Dallas <laughs> while we're still here. Yeah. And we do have a couple more questions that I think are that we really want to ask you guys. So do you guys have like maybe one piece of advice for anyone who maybe let's say they're, they're swinging right now. Cause that's, I guess most of our listeners probably are swingers more that more are interested. Yeah, yeah. But are maybe considering like polyamory, like maybe this is right for our dynamic. Do you have like a best piece of advice on maybe either like how to get started or just something you wish you would have known when you first started kind of taking that route? I do, but I'll, I will defer temporarily. <laughs> Um, there's so much. The, it doesn't have to be one, by the way. Like, no, I know. The thing, the thing yeah, yeah, you can give a couple. Don't yeah, tell me that. It. We'll be here for another hour. <laughs> the, things that are, the things that are coming to mind right away are, are just go slowly, go at your own pace, whatever that is for you and your partner, and continue conversation. Um, and also, which is a similar, that's a piece of advice for anybody opening up a relationship of any kind. But um, the other piece is, uh, that's coming to mind is be, I guess, ready to embrace the, as much as you can be the self growth, journey that you will be on because swinging and more in, um, casual dynamics can definitely, uh, you know, make you work on yourself for sure and confront things that are uncomfortable and, you know, work on yourself. But having going down the polyamorous route and having other relationships, I feel in my experience brings that to a totally different level. And you have to be willing to embrace that personal growth in the hard times too. And um, it's not easy. I'm I'm not gonna tell anyone it's easy. It's very difficult. But it's if you try to keep that mindset of like, I'm going to, um, I'm embracing this opportunity for growth that can go a long ways in helping um, navigate it. How about you? I could keep talking, but I'm going to stop. No, I, yours was. Did I steal yours? No, no, no. (laughs) Tangentially though, it is very similar. I think is be willing to embrace exactly what Emma said, the self-growth. Be willing and an understanding that you might have to likely grieve your relationship, that your relationship is going to change in ways that you, you really can't change back. Um, and that might be a good thing. You might want that, yes, but it doesn't mean there sure. might not be some grief around. And it. that's hard. Right. So for example, we, we were navigating poly, not polyamory. We were navigating non-monogamy in more of a swinging capacity 
for almost 15 years before we transitioned to more of a polyamorous dynamic. And we were, we were still able to sweep so many things under the rug and hide them there. Even in a, even in non-monogamy, the way we were doing it, when we've gone this route, that rug came off, a magnifying glass got on it and a spotlight got on it. And we, we cannot hide anything. We have to face all of our stuff, all of our individual stuff, all of our stuff as a couple. And so the two pieces of advice that I really would give you, number one, get a therapist or a coach, get a good sex positive therapist. If you can, I mean, not if you can find one, like find one. And it is expensive as hell. It is not cheap, but it is so, so worth having support as you go through this. So that's the first piece. The other piece would be find community mm-hmm. because you Again, will, with the support piece. Finding weight, yes. Bolster yourself with as much community and support as you can. And there are countless Facebook groups out there. Uh, there are also other podcasts that have communities. We, we have a, a community of a couple hundred people that are in there every day supporting one another. We're not the only ones. We know Multiamory has a community that people can be a part of. The Bonobo Network is another one. There are communities all over the country and all over the world, but find one um, and and surround yourself in people where you can go and talk through, process some of the things that are happening and get support, right? Where just a simple one, you broke up with a partner and you're married and you go to your best friend. You're like, oh, I'm really grieving this. And their answer is, well, at least you're still married, Right. That pretty much invalidates your entire experience that you're going through. But if you if you go to somebody else who's been through a breakup in a polyamorous dynamic and they're like, yeah, I get you. And and I get your partner who's now having to support you in a breakup and how hard that is for them, how hard that is for your relationship. And so they get things that you don't get um, or that your your monogamous friends wouldn't necessarily get. And so I, I say community and a therapist for yourself and if you can for for the two of you or one or the other some combination of that is just critical mm-hmm. in my opinion and i'll that's great I, advice yeah. i realize that we might come across a little bit as like doom and gloom well we don't mean to scare people <laughs> we just, we're just trying to be real that in our experience mm-hmm. and in talking to other people like it's just another layer of extreme challenges and you have to be there's only you can't really prepare for it that much other than uh, like you just have some of it, you just have to experience and go through, but we're trying to be real and honest that you do, you are going to have to do a lot of personal growth and you have to end growth within your relationship. And there may be grief as part of that. There may, like, but there's also a lot of benefits, a lot of excitement that can be too. So it is really hard, but it's also beautiful. It's also beautiful. And you're, you know, make that choice if you feel it's right for you. This is probably why those people sport fuck, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't even that. sport fuck. So. <laughs> I know, I really do. I think, I think that that that's amazing because I think that I mean, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure it goes to a whole new level. But I think that bringing the realness of what any any different dynamic brings mm-hmm. in, I said, like whether that's swinging or poly or whatever it is, there's always going to be challenges and I think that the worst thing that any of us could do is trying to educate and help is like make everything always sound like it's roses and daisies and like oh if you do this it's going to be great because I mean only I can only speak from swinging but I mean yes it's amazing there's been so many beautiful things but the amount of shit and things that we've went through has also been very difficult and so I I really appreciate that you guys say that because I think that anyone who's listening that that is considering this needs to know that there will be tough times that you have to get through. And I think that being real is the only way that we can like actually educate on that. So I, I think that's incredible. Yeah. If it's okay, I have one more comment um, on that of, you know, I think that there's a blank to me, there's a blanket statement that we're all humans are all wired for connection. Right. But at the end of the day, relationships are fucking hard. Like relationships are hard. And so it's, whether you're in a monogamous relationship or a non-monogamous relationship of whatever sort, you have your own set of challenges. And some people 
can, you know, I guess it depends what you want to choose. I think what Finn was talking about a minute ago with, this is not everybody's experience, but in general, sometimes in monogamous relationships, it's easy to be complacent or to shove things under the rug and not address them. And in, in our experience in poly, going through polyamorous dynamics, shifting that, it takes that rug off and you have to face all of that stuff. So um, I don't want it to come across that like, that relationships in general aren't hard and that monogamous relationships don't have their own set of challenges because they do. But this is just the big difference, a huge difference that we have seen is that you, you, I mean, you have to face your shit is what it is. Um, so I just wanted to add that. Yeah, I could totally see yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, relationships, like he said, relationships in general are hard. So multiple relationships could only be harder. And it's not even just, you know, romantic relationships. I mean, just relationships with friends or family, like a good yes. relationship, putting that effort towards keeping a good relationship is difficult. Yeah. And yeah, I love the realness of that too. Mm -hmm. And our last question is, are there any misconceptions or general information that you wish more people understood about being polyamorous? I think there's a, maybe a, just a, the first thing that comes to mind, the general misconception about non-monogamy in general is that it's all about the sex. <laughs> and <Yep>. so like, <laughs> I feel like in, in, you know, the swinging lifestyle that is labeled as, oh, that's just definitely all the sex. But in poly, that's maybe all about the feelings. But there's a lot of people that don't understand, like, they also might think that poly is also about all about the sex. And it's like, yeah, relationships include sex, but there's some, some, not all, not all. And so there's just so much more using the umbrella term of non-monogamy mm -hmm. to non-monogamy to me than just sex. Sex is a part of it. Um, but that's a misconception that I feel like um, especially just people who may be naive and just don't, just don't, or haven't been exposed. They may not know. And so how about you? Yeah, I think. Were you laughing? Cause that's what I, did you know what I was going to say? I didn't know what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think the, the, I don't know if this answers your question exactly, but it's something that, that I have really come to understand and realize, uh, Again, partly having as many conversations as we've had with people, but also my own lived experience, which is, and, and I, I don't think I was ever the person saying this, but there's often people saying we don't do feelings. We don't get feelings. We're, you know, that's not us. And my answer to that is yes, until you do, because you don't have the feelings until you have the feelings and you don't control when you get feelings for people. And so to, to just put a blanket sort of, statement my belief of saying my my belief is to say uh, i don't do the feelings piece we're here for the sex piece i can understand that well and we were there for a long we time. were there and i've also seen and heard many people who say that and then somebody falls for somebody and now your relationship that didn't allow feelings has feelings and now you're having to figure out what that means so i think it's just understanding that the the playground, the play, the sandbox we're all in in life doesn't preclude anybody from getting feelings for anybody. And just to, I think, just to be aware of that, that, that it, it probably, it's not that it probably will happen, but it definitely could happen. And to, to maybe think about what, what that means to you and how you want to handle that if, and if, and when it does come along. I feel like you guys have really uh, give us a lot of information. I think that, that's, we didn't know yeah. about just especially and i think also our audience doesn't mm -hmm. really know about well i mean i can't speak for everybody but yeah. you know because since we are more of a swinging lifestyle open relationship type mm -hmm. of podcast it was so interesting to hear your experience with it and especially because you guys know both sides yeah. like it's not i don't know especially podcasters i don't know how many podcasters are out there that have experience in both sides. Yeah. So that I think that's really cool. And we thank you so much for being on our podcast yeah. and, and talking with us and being so honest and open and real. And, and we love that. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. It was wonderful. And uh, we're excited to someday meet you in person. Yes. One and, day we'll end up some, yes. somewhere together. Yeah. And we'll, we'll... Before we go, we have one other little segment and it is Bella and Jace's and, and, and fans. <laughs> all right so we'll go first uh we're gonna do one each sometimes we do two so we'll do ours first you have a second to think 
And he said, you guys can do one obsession, two obsessions, whatever you want it to be. But I'll go first. We recently watched the movie Glass Onion on Netflix. And that's the second uh, part of like the Knives Out. And I just really fucking loved it. I thought it was so good. And I also, I love Maddie Klein. I think that she's so cute. It's stupid. And (laughs) just, just in general, that movie, the cast, everything about it, I loved. And so that's why I've been obsessed with this week. That one had lots of twists and turns. That was a fun one. I like that one too. My weekly obsession are these little uh, disco lights that I got from Amazon. We'll have it linked in the show notes, but they're tiny. So because we do a lot of traveling, we really only travel with backpack and uh, a carry-on. And so we can't really have a ton of stuff with us, but we want to, if we're, you know, going to a party or we're having a little party, like we want it to be fun, you know? And so we got these little disco lights and they were, they're so tiny. They're rechargeable. They um, dance to the music. Dance is not the word. It fit it. Gyrate? I don't know. Gyrates? <laughs> <laughs> they bling, yeah, they bling to the music. Not kinda. that well, but they, they try their best. Yeah, well, they got two of them. So like, you know, it makes it, it there's a lot of, you know, power coming from the little thing. I mean, I there's agree. like, what, three inches each, each yeah. one? So we'll have that linked below too. But that is my weekly obsession. And what about you guys, Emma and Finn? What are your weekly obsessions? Well, I just wanted to say I can really relate to your lights trying to, to dance to the music. So I, I'm familiar <laughs> I'm familiar with that personally. Finn's gyrating. <laughs> trying to gyrating loosely to some beat. Not the one we're listening to, but it is a beat nonetheless. A beat of some sort. Yeah. Um, the one I'll share that comes to mind is I've been uh, this weekly, a weekly obsession of listening to Florence and the Machine. I don't know why. I just like okay. started listening the other day and have been listening to them like every day. So <laughs> that's just been my, my obsession. <laughs> Love Florence and the Machines. Uh-huh. Man. Well, I, I, when, when you gave us warning that this question was coming, my brain took it a different way. So now I'm trying okay. to catch up. So I, the, the one Wait, that, what way did you take it? That it was like within relationships or not, I don't know. My, oh. mine, I guess was <laughs> mine. What, what I was going to go with is, is I guess boundaries. Maybe it is regardless of the container boundaries are something that I'm really working on for myself. Uh, doing a lot of work on personally with my therapist, with our couples therapist and and reading about. So boundaries are a big one for me right now, trying to figure out how to create some calm in my life um, and, and, and be less overwhelmed. And I know that starts with me saying no to things that I can't do instead of saying yes to things that I can't do, which I'm really good at doing. Um, so I need to, to, to try not to say yes to as many things that I can't do. That's great. Yeah, so that's we'll take we'll any boundary. There's, yeah, yeah. there's no said Maybe if we were, if we wanted a specific one, we should have been more specific. But I love any. You can be obsessed with whatever you want to be obsessed with. So I love, I love, how you love like a self-aware deep, king. Yeah, self-aware <laughs> deep one. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like dancing lights. Yeah. Like, hot girl in a movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All right, fine. I made I made two huge pots of chili in the last week. One vegetarian, one non-vegetarian, because we have a friend in town who flew all the way from Shanghai to come be a part of a community event we're having this weekend. And he's a vegetarian. And so I made him his own pot of chili. So I love, I love that. that too. Are you an instant pot chili maker or a stove or a crock pot? I am make my own chili paste from dried chilies that I find and buy from scratch everything from scratch chili, on the stove, chili maker on the stove. I'm, I'm a purist Ooh. now. I'm a, I'm a chili snob. Not going to lie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, again, thank you guys so much yeah, for being guys. on our podcast. We're going to have everything of theirs linked below. Is there anything that you wanted to add or anything you wanted to mention or wanted to shout out? Oh, we are fun people. I know we seemed a little doom and gloom there, at the end, <laughs> but we, we tend to be fun most of the time. We just... Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I know you said you'll have links to everything. If people... Um, you have links to that episode that we shout, like shouted out that you added. So I don't, I don't think so. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, yeah, we're just happy for the connection. Yeah. yeah thank awesome. you guys so thank much. you. If you'd like to support the show, you can leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to our podcast. All our information will be listed in the show notes below and on our website, foreplay.com. That's number four, O-U-R-P-L-A-Y.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we make videos and vlogs about the swinging lifestyle. Head to foreplay.com YouTube to watch and subscribe. We have the ultimate adult party game for the sexually inclined called Foreplay the Game that's both digital and physical. It's perfect for breaking the ice and spicing up any party. You can find more information at foreplay.com games. We also have the best swinger lifestyle, kinky, and adult humor clothing and accessories that you can find at foreplay.com shop. If you're looking to plan a lifestyle destination, booking through our links at foreplay.com travel really helps support the show and helps us be able to continue to create this type of content for you. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and more. You can find all our current social media accounts at foreplay.com socials. And I have an OnlyFans, which you can find at onlyfans.com slash VIP. We also have a Facebook group and Discord community and would love for you to join us. You can find the direct links in the show notes below. Lastly, we're on STC and Cassidy at Foreplay, and you can get a free full membership trial by using our link. You can email us at hello at foreplay.com with any questions or comments or head to foreplay.com ask. Again, all our information will be listed in the show notes below, and we thank you so much for listening to our podcast. See you in the next one. Bye!